Hello, state citizens. Corey from California here on Agenda 31 to announce something we are really excited about. Myself, my co-host on the Agenda 31 podcast, Todd McGreevy, and our core supporters are super excited to announce we're taking our Article 4 state citizenship case back to court. As chronicled in detail on our Agenda 31 podcast, I was successful in getting my first state citizenship case filed and docketed at the Supreme Court for review. While we didn't make it to a full hearing of the merits of the case, we learned a ton along the way, and I'll explain some of that later in this video. Now, more than ever, our personal freedoms and purportedly protected rights are under assault. And now more than ever, one's recognition by the government as an Article IV state citizen and the guarantee of a Republican form of government that does not interfere in our contracts is a hypercritical issue that has not been resolved in modern day times. Building on the case I got docketed in 2017 and revising it into a more efficient and surgical case that gets heard in the right court by 2023 is our strategy to make a difference, and it's your lowest risk and highest reward investment you can make. To do this, we will need the financial support of at least four and as many as 421 producers. This video has an ask to help put some gas in the tank, as they say, to fund a very special effort that provides you a front row seat to securing our rights like no other strategy or platform can or does. With your help, I'll be bringing my long-standing effort to defend secured rights afforded to all Fourth Article citizens in federal court. Now, why is Fourth Article citizenship so important in this case? Because the entire case turns upon those rights secured only to Fourth Article state citizens. Federal citizens lack standing for these issues. This admittedly ambitious project seeks to establish for the first time in American jurisprudence that an individual has the legal right with proper notice to cease participation in Social Security. To my knowledge, the critically important questions of law, which we will present to the court through this project, have not previously been asked. Social Security has been a part of the American system for a number of decades, and during this time, many things have changed, including how participating in Social Security affects our lives individually. It is now time to ask a new set of questions, which could have a profound effect on nearly every natural-born American alive today and those born in the future. And this video right here, the one that you are watching right now, this is our appeal and pitch to you on how you can make this happen via Agenda 31 State Citizens Supreme Court Subscription Club or SC Cubed. Todd cannot help himself with these acronyms and mnemonic messaging. You can call it what you want after you watch this short video series and after you hear how we plan to fund this important federal case and a year's worth of podcasting and website content. Before I go any farther about the details of the project, let me address an issue many people are going to ask about right away, and that is the issue of taxes. This state citizen case does not challenge the government's ability to tax, and we won't be raising the issue of taxes in the arguments presented to the court. But the government does raise the issue of taxes on its own. Yes, I do think there is a financial benefit to leaving Social Security, but the issue of taxes has nothing to do with the legal reasons for leaving Social Security. Obviously, taxes are very important to the government, so I expect more from them on this issue. And it is to our advantage for this project that we let them bring this issue up. Now, how does ending one's participation in Social Security work to enforce the Bill of Rights? Social Security participants must be U.S. citizens, also known as Federal or 14th Amendment citizens. 
And this second-class federal citizenship requires we waive some or all of the rights secured via the U.S. and state constitutions. Beginning with the slaughterhouse cases, and more recently in Jones v. Temer, the courts have been very clear to the American people. The Privileges and Immunities Clause of the 14th Amendment protects very few rights and does not incorporate the Bill of Rights. If you didn't know before, it should make sense now why the government does everything it can to make federal citizenship the norm. By you accepting federal citizenship, it gives them tremendous power. Federal citizens are residents in every state, and this political status has extremely limited standing to hold the government accountable to enforce the oaths of office all government officials take to uphold the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. State citizens, however, do have standing to enforce every right secured in the Constitution and each and every one of the Bill of Rights. Ending Social Security participation is an essential element for an individual to establish standing as a fourth article state citizen. Sure, some U.S. citizens win cases like in Birchfield versus North Dakota, where the Supreme Court ruled that the state could not draw blood without a warrant. After losing at the Supreme Court, the state just changed the rules to require the waiver of this very protection in order to obtain a driver's license, which requires one to be a federal U.S. citizen to obtain. The Agenda 31 State Citizen Supreme Court Challenge is based in part on the Comity Clause, which is found at Article 4, Section 2, Clause 1 of the Constitution, and is the lowest risk, highest reward strategy to break this abusive cycle we the people have been subjected to for several generations with the federal government. Ask yourself, what if the government decides that by your voluntary participation in Social Security, you waive your right to bear arms? What if the government decides that all federal citizens, as a condition of holding a U.S. passport, have to be vaccinated? Only the people of the several states have the standing and authority to enforce the Bill of Rights. Now, this is done by presenting very focused legal questions to the court. And to keep this video short and packed with value, I want to share with you two very important questions right now. Question one, does the voluntary nature of signing up to participate in Social Security remain voluntary once the individual is in the program? Or is Social Security like Hotel California? You can check out, but you can never leave. And question two, can an individual who is presently a voluntary participant in Social Security leave the program? If this case is won, and with your support, I know it can be done, the ability of every American to rid themselves of the liability of federal citizenship could become a matter of fact. It is also important to note that while some people find leaving Social Security and staying in the country is impossible, a favorable decision for this project would not be surprising to legal scholars. This is because this project is well supported by a number of previous Supreme Court decisions. One consistent theme throughout virtually every peaceful engagement I have had with the government is that they, in ridiculous fashion sometimes, refuse to acknowledge even the existence of Fourth Article citizenship. They just try to pretend these laws and court decisions do not exist. In my numerous contacts with police and government officials, not once has a government official said to me something like, well, Mr. Ibe, the law does acknowledge there are two classes of citizen, and the statute I'm enforcing right now is applicable to federal citizens, but not state citizens. However, by proof of the evidence I have, you are not a state citizen of California. You are a citizen of the federal government. In other words, Mr. Ibe, your claim to state citizenship is without merit. 
Nah, this has not ever happened. Instead, every public official with authority has been trained to proceed, and they do, as if Fourth Article state citizenship does not exist or that there is no distinction between state and federal citizenship, despite evidence in California's own and nearly every other state's code that proves there is very clearly a difference in rights secured between 14th Amendment federal and Fourth Article state citizenship. But this behavior by the local and state government agencies to ignore the distinction between federal and state citizenship is in direct conflict with every Supreme Court case I have found related to federal versus state citizenship. You see, up until recently, there was very little incentive for any American to ask these questions. So, there are only a handful of court decisions on this very focused subject of Fourth Article citizenship and how it is distinguished from federal citizenship, which was created by the 14th Amendment. And right now, there are no court decisions regarding our specific goal or target outcome with this project. Our goal is to prove the government cannot prohibit an individual from averring Article 4 state citizenship and thus removing oneself from not only the Social Security program, but also remove oneself from all other associated liabilities of federal citizenship. However, the lack of volume of decisions on the subject is not a result of a change in American law or a landmark decision by the courts. It is a lack of awareness by individual Americans of their rights and responsibilities as a state citizen. If you were born in your state, with few exceptions, you have the exact same Fourth Article rights and responsibilities that I do. Americans have simply forgotten what state citizenship is, and if you think about it, there's a good reason why. A little more than a hundred years ago, the nation's schools and libraries were modernized. And that is precisely when we find this subject of being all but removed from not only civics and elementary school, but from every aspect of American education, including law schools. Try and find one attorney who is familiar with the two types of citizenship in California. If they went to an accredited law school, they will have learned nothing about Fourth Article state citizenship during their formal legal education, yet these laws are right there printed in black and white. Because of this critical information being removed from our education system, the American people over several generations have forgotten about the rights and responsibilities of state citizenship. There is no legal decision that establishes a man or woman with Fourth Article state citizenship who has retained all rights can be forced to carry the burden of federal citizenship. In fact, the Constitution, particularly the 13th Amendment, and other American law fully support a state citizen's right to reject such a political burden and the civil obligations of Social Security. Further, just because this aspect of American law has been all but forgotten and not used in a long time doesn't mean it isn't valid. Of the cases that do exist, these old, well-established decisions are virtually pristine in regards to their treatment by the courts. So let me take a moment to show you why putting some gas in the tank, supporting this Agenda 31 project is a good investment in your personal effort to help secure American freedoms. If successful, and we will be, this project can be the template for the people of each of the several states to personally enforce the Bill of Rights in their own lives, in their own states, holding government accountable to guarantee a Republican form of government for each Fourth Article state citizen in the Union. If we can prevail with this strategy inside California, one of the most tyrannically governed states with the fourth largest economy in the world, you can prevail in your state too. For this relaunch of the Agenda 31 podcast, we will cover how this state citizen comedy challenge can also be filed in your state, beginning with Iowa and then on to first our enforcer and producer subscriber states as time allows.
We here at Agenda 31 have the receipts. This is not just theory and we're hoping a court will listen. I've personally taken a stand to defend my right to be recognized and treated as a citizen in California. In fact, I can confidently say I don't know anyone who is individually engaged with government to produce the legal record I have of averting state citizenship. The very existence of this extensive record, created largely with the help of your previous support, means this state citizen case is ready. It is ripe for the courts to decide. And some people have been impressed that I did get a case docketed in the United States Supreme Court without the help of an attorney. And yes, I'm proud of being able to do that. But what is most important is what was learned by this action. Here is a quick summary of a few very important things I learned while getting my case docketed into the Supreme Court. First, I learned I could do it. And that means confidence, an essential element to achieving such an ambitious project. Second, I learned it was the wrong court for the action I filed. And third, I learned that my demand for relief was incorrect. The Supreme Court case that I filed was a writ of mandamus, which should have been filed in federal court. In that writ, I asked for direct relief from a government agency when I should have asked for the court to order the agency to have a formal hearing. I will cover my SCOTUS case and many other cases I have been involved with in more detail, as well as updates to this SC-cubed project of leaving Social Security during the upcoming private live streams that supporters and members of this project will have exclusive access to, and I hope to see you there. If you are able to help with financial support of this uniquely American project, please complete the subscriber request form on this page for updates and more information on SC Cubed membership and be a part of Agenda 31, the lowest risk, highest reward podcast in the universe. Thank you. Yeah! Finally. All right. Cut. Cut. Thank you for calling the California Department of Public Health Vital Records. Your call may be monitored for quality assurance purposes. We'll do a thing called freedom. Did you gonna press the flesh, Pappy? Have a little politicking? I'll press you up and get you. You little shunk bitch. You don't tell your Pappy how to cut the electorate. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Warning. You're listening to the Agenda 31 podcast with Corey Ibe and Todd McGreevy. Agenda 31 exposes government fraud, theft, and deception. Agenda 31 endorses peaceful enforcement of the Bill of Rights by the people of the several states. Agenda 31 explains how United States citizens have forsaken their capacity to protect their own rights. Corey and Todd engage with local, state, and federal government on powerful issues of identity, property rights, law, oaths of office, taxation, privacy, and more. Their approach is rooted in the very specific legal foundation of state citizenship. Listeners of the Agenda 31 podcast are challenged to take the lowest risks with the highest rewards. Your hosts want to know, what's your strategy to make a difference? Due to the unique division of political authority in the United States, U.S. citizens are residents in every state and should not attempt to copy the strategies employed by the hosts of the Agenda 31 broadcast without first consulting legal counsel. Enjoy. You are going to change America in a way that usually only war and fluoride can. War and fluoride can. War and fluoride can. 
It's time for us to become private central banking heretics, to stop believing that this is the way life is supposed to be, because it isn't. The courts said that there are clearly two governments in each state. We have a state government and a federal government. The state government that we see today is um, a franchise of the federal government, as I mentioned before, by voluntary consent of the people, but that doesn't mean the original state government doesn't exist. Self-determination isn't for everybody. Well, that's exactly the whole point. The 14th Amendment protects U.S. citizens from the several states, but provides no protection from the federal government. U.S. citizens have several different qualities. One, under Title V, they're considered federal personnel. You can trace back the foundation of their identity to a document the government owns. Wake up! A state-issued birth record is government property. You know what? There's going to be 50 different ways to skin this cat. Today, we don't know. We're like a hotel that checks you in but never checks you out. That's not courage. That's a mafia-style sit-down to divvy up what's good for the bosses. You know, you're going to have to shut up or I'm going to have you arrested. How does it feel to be a Republican right now? It's a hoax. It's a big hoax. It's a little bit overreaching to think there's going to be 3,100 people trying to pay attention like we do. Why don't we devalue Social Security numbers? Why not require financial institutions not to use Social Security numbers so that there's no longer the incentive to steal Social Security numbers? The Social Security number is absolutely critical. We need them and we have to use them. But we have to treat them as an identifier. Yes, we'll make slaves out of all of you. Very much part of Agenda 21, in my humble opinion. It's a ramp up to a uh, United Nations September convention that's coming. It's going to be Agenda 21 on steroids. Yeah, California is crazy. It is. I mean, it's out of control. The U.S. sitting senator is suggesting using RICO laws to be applied to global warming skeptics. We're not policing the world. We're not policing the world. We're not policing the world. No, we don't have a military-industrial complex. Only a state citizen can travel around without license plates, without registration, and without a driver's license, and not intend to break the law. Because you can't have prosperity if you're constantly under the risk of a terrorist attack. Who the government? Who the terrorists? 